0: On Behalf of, where I, Dara Kalima, chat with folks who will speak on behalf of their respective communities. Today, I have an awesome, awesome, awesome guest named Hattress, who I love and adore and have known for years. But I'm not going to introduce them because, you know, we say all this other stuff. I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. So Hattress, please tell folks about yourself and if you want to give your full name you can do that you know whatever I just said your first name but you you introduce yourself how you need to.
1: Well first of all thank you for having me on behalf of the podcast um I truly appreciate you Queen. Um my name is Hattress it's like mattress for the H but please don't sleep on me. Um full name hatches boy the third I am a writer I am a poet I am a spoken word artist I am a black man I am a father I'm a partner all of these things. Um, And I just love the art. I love writing. I love connecting with people in that way. I love sharing stories and speaking about things in our community that needs to be spoken about.
0: I love it. I love it. So just getting over through the business, your
1: pronouns. (laughs) Uh, My pronouns is he and him.
0: Awesome. Just making sure because you never know. Um, So that all said, you said some of them already, but what communities do you represent? What communities do you often find oh, yourself speaking on behalf of?
1: Uh, I represent Black culture. I represent Black men. I represent Black fathers. I represent um, poetry, the poetry community. That's That's been the community that's taken me in, in the last six years and like made me feel like family and gave me a tribe. So represent all of those things. I represent Harlem, too. I can't forget Harlem. <laughs> I can't forget Harlem. Yeah, that's... I love it.
0: I got to admit, so I'm a Bronxite, but whenever they say Uptown, because Uptown can be Harlem or the Bronx, if really outside.
1: All, it, we really Yeah, It's it's outside. We cousins. we right across the bridge. It's, it's the same thing. If you
0: say Harlem, I'm going to be as loud, almost as loud, just like a smidget less loud for Harlem as I'm going to be about for the Bronx. Because I grew up going to church in Harlem. My family was in Harlem. My ex-boyfriend was in Harlem. So my whole college years was in Harlem. I think my mom finally knows that I was in Harlem more than I was probably at college. You, know? you also but, gotta
1: think, we was doing shows downtown. So it's not too many Bronx and Harlem nights at the shows we was at. So <laughs> think we could take what we could get in those situations. Exactly,
0: exactly. You say anything North of whatever, <laughs> we gonna be loud and proud about it. So exactly. yes. Um, okay, so then what? which community specifically are we talking about today?
1: Specifically, we're talking about Black fathers today. Um, I'm, I am a new father. My son will be two in July. Mm. Um, this is something I've never experienced before. I've been Black my whole life. I haven't been a Black father my whole life. So this is something that, I, that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, get a hold of, of, of not just the duty and the responsibility, but who I am in this moment and who I aspire to be.
0: That's amazing. So do you have like a network of black fathers that you like connect with or?
1: I do. I do. Um, A lot of my brothers are fathers. Um, And it's funny that three of my brothers and I call them my brothers. Of course, they're like my closest friends, but they're like brothers. Okay. Three of my brothers um, had children around the same time that I did. Mm-hmm. So not only were they fathers, but they were new fathers like me. So, like, we were kind of going through this similar anxiety, the similar doubts and, like, joy at the same time and processing that together. Um, And also, I I have my my brother, my actual brother. uh, He had his daughter two years before I had my son. So like just seeing his transition and how he matured through that process and the steps that he took, um, I'm always on the phone with them like, yo, <laughs> how you feeling? What's going on? And vice versa. So like I appreciate that tribe because it's it's really strong.
0: That's awesome. That's really that's really really dope. I have this uh, I don't see them doing stuff as much lately, and I don't know why. But so I've been part of the Urban League for years, and a bunch of men that I know that were part of that started having a Black men's Father's group as well, so I, it's dope to hear that you have your own group doing that because it's important. No, of course, to have- but
1: please put me on with them too. So if they if you see something and something's coming up, please put me on because like I just love to network and not even just network, but just share experiences with people because like ain't nothing new under the sun, and I'm sure like whatever I'm dealing with, somebody had already dealt with it and could give me some insight.
0: I will definitely I haven't I have to think about who I know is in it because I, I like I, I don't pay attention to Facebook no more. But I do know that they've oh, been fan- gathering.
1: You said I'm done with
0: Facebook. <laughs> I mean I'm, I <laughs> It looks like I'm there because it looks like I'm there, but like if it wasn't for the the groups that I'm part of. You. you, I'm, I'm barely present anymore. Like I'm just like, oh, I, oh yeah, that thing over there that got to face it into every now and then. It's so. That's bad. how I do
1: with Instagram man. I'm in and out. I'm not even there. It's like
0: I do see you repost a post, actually original posting there.
1: I'm in and out.
0: <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So tell me something beautiful. I mean, I think you already sort of was tapping on that, but tell me something beautiful about that community or your community or your your network of friends that you have, this brotherhood. Um,
1: I think it's, I think the beauty of it is is seeing my friends in a different light, right? Because like when you become a father, you have to, it's, it's different parts of you that gets exposed that, you know, you probably kept guarded because you didn't have to be that vulnerable or that sensitive before. Um, but just seeing the sensitivity level of some men who I didn't think had that in them. You know what I mean? Like even my brother, my brother was a player to the end. Kinda of dude, like you know what I'm saying, and like just seeing the softness he has with his daughter, and just like how she runs him, and it's like it's a beautiful thing. Like she, he bought a house, and like she runs that house, like that's her house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and like his whole life is kind of like centered around her. And it's just dope to see because like I've never experienced him that way. I've always experienced him as like a free spirit and just like whatever he wants to do is what he's going to do. But now it's like, yo, like she got school or she got this. And it's like, yo, I can't just pop up to New York no more. Like he's in Milwaukee with her. So it's like I I love to see it. I miss him, but I still love to see that type of bond that he has with his daughter.
0: So then, how has being a father? I'm assuming how has being a father changed you, or has it changed you, or what has it done?
1: Of course, um, for for better or worse or whatever you want to call it, I just feel like it's just a new place in my life that I'm I'm just not I'm not used to, but I'm adjusting to. Um, so like just the sitting down part. Because like, you know, like, you know, we was outside. We, we was we trying to accomplish our dreams and our goals and and doing this show and that show and advertising on social media and this, that, and the third. But it's like now, it's like these are moments that I'm not gonna get back with him. And I think about that all the time. And it's kind of causing, I don't know, a rift because it's like I do wanna chase my dreams and I feel like if I don't chase my dreams, how can I tell him to do that? But at the same time. I have a duty to my household that requires me to be here that um I'm still adjusting to.
0: Mm. I was um so Kevin Powell has uh you know who Kevin Powell is, do don't you or maybe you don't do do you know who he is? No. Nah. So Kevin Powell, um I, I always have to remember that like these, these age things that are happening too because I feel a little old. Thanks for So you're, things you're so Kevin Powell was on the original real world and so he was he was on the original real world and he was a poet back then so that's what he was known for back okay. then and then he um then he was a he was a writer with vibe and so his most famous article is actually an interview he did with Tupac while he was still in prison okay and so he's done a bunch of writing he's did a bunch of writing with vibe and then he has like, he's releasing his 15th book at the end of the year, I think. And so he's just, he's this writer, does like poet, but also um, memoirist. And um, he's done a lot of interviews and stuff. So he has a writing workshop that he started during COVID. And I've been part of it. Um, I'm one of his like behind the scenes people. I still have that to say right now in this semester of iteration. So he does it like fall and spring. So we're in the spring season. He, had, he interviewed somebody yesterday who, she was a deaf poet, actually. She was one of the, I guess, I don't know if she was on Broadway, but she was definitely one of the deaf poets who were touring. And she was saying that the moment deaf poetry stopped, she ran to Hawaii. She's from Queens. Okay. <laughs> she ran to Hawaii and wanted to raise a family. So she has two girls out in Queens. And she was saying that no matter what, it doesn't matter. The, the writing, if it's important, it's still going to find you. So if it, she, she, she stopped to do this parenting thing, but she still, so she just released her second book last year, 2021. Okay. So it was, I, 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 as I hear you, I'm thinking about, I'm hearing her in my head sort of with that advice that the writing, as long as you keep working at it, it'll still find you. She needed to get away from the scene because she felt she was too young and it was too much.
1: hmm
0: that was being pushed on them um back then but that ultimately like she still is a writer she's still doing her thing she didn't stop she just found a different way to do it so
1: i, I, think I, a that. It. I love that i think for me i'm in a weird age bracket right like i'm 33 i just turned 33 i started doing poetry fairly recently less than 10 years ago um so that time is ticking in my mind. And, and it, I don't know if it's an insecurity, I don't know what it is, but in my mind, it's like, yo, if I don't make it, I have to make it. And I don't, I'm not necessarily sure what making it is, right, like, but in my mind, it's like, if I don't make a career out of this writing thing within the next year or two, then what am I doing it for? What What is all of these years of sacrifice for? If I'm not where, I feel I should be as far as like in my career as a writer. So I, that's what I'm battling right now. And add it to the fact that, you know, I have a almost two-year-old that's in my face saying hi, and he, need, he needs hugs and kisses and, and just attention. So like, for me, it's just really, really, it's, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. It's like, yo I love the space I'm in now with my son but then I'm also like damn like am I like missing out on my dream
0: you know it's interesting because I'm trying to find this and I'm, this is right because I, 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 my memory is garbage I'm gonna tell you that's
1: the consequence of being a writer that's why we write <laughs> everything now
0: seriously but they were talking about this and i had to I, like while you're talking i this is the one good thing about zoom and everything and like having digital stuff in front of you cuz you're like let me google that real quick fast remember tony morrison started writing when she was in her I, 40s yeah
1: she put out her first book yeah, when she was like 40 i remember that
0: so remember that. so you were ahead of her already mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not saying that you have to match her time i'm i'm saying i'm not saying that at all I feel you, and it's it's weird because I'm a little older than you, right? I got a couple of years on you, and I'm in this like weird place because I found myself talking to somebody who's in our poetry network, and I was like, as someone pretty much twice your age, I was like, wait, how did I do that? (laughs) You know, and but I had to in that moment, I had to pull that twice your age thing because I felt like in the conversation, I had to be, I had to sit the person down and try to have like a mentoring conversation with somebody you know yeah but like I don't usually pull my age stuff on people at all because I don't want to be that person but like it's weird that I'm hanging out with people half my age and I'm hanging out with people who have that same 20 years on me Mm -hmm. and and home is somewhere in between all of that, right? Like, I'm perfectly comfortable hanging out with the younger people. I just cannot rock as late because I got. Uh, job yeah. and I remember when we
1: was doing the poetry. <laughs> he was like, yeah. yo, listen, I'm out of there at 9 30. Y'all be going to one. Like, no, I'm not doing it. I was like, I used
0: to do this. <laughs> I don't do this anymore. um I used to close down a lot of places, more so clubs, but like in my heyday,
1: yeah, I'll show you.
0: In my responsible, I need to keep a job day. Maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, but like, but then I also still hang out with like these older people and I'm learning from them mm-hmm. and I'm learning from the younger group. And like I think like there's something almost beautiful about being able to traverse both these spaces. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's like I just I find it fascinating to be around these people who at least got 10 years on me and are writing completely differently than I am. So I'm writing more like the people younger than me, but I mm-hmm. can't hold the candle to the people younger than me. So I'm like, I'm in my own lane because I'm just in this age group, right? So I think there's something interesting about that. So I hear you, I hear the clock, because I know that clock. Um, I think in some it's ways good. we're both in that clock space, but yeah. also I think there's like, one of my favorite poets has about eight years on me and they, they were still asked to slam a few weeks ago, you know? So they chose to judge instead. But, like, I think if people know what you can do, you're never going to not have a space, you know?
1: I, I think for me, I'd be, feeling like, I'd be feeling like my performance is bigger than the spaces that I get invited to. And that's, that's, what's, that's what's eating at me. That's probably true. That's what's eating at me. So it's like, until I get to that level, I can't rest. I can't sleep easy at night.
0: So, you know, it's funny. I was talking, and I mean, we'll get back to the other questions, but I was talking about you the other day. I went to a writing workshop.
1: Me? Yeah. Really? Okay.
0: I mean, (laughs) you know, when I say my favorite poets, I'm always talking about you and one other person. like, I use the two of you interchangeably almost, but you know, whatever. So... I was, I've, they were talking about writing for the moment and it was a workshop on writing for the moment. And I thought the person that they had did a very good job of introducing as a primer of how to write for the moment. Okay. I also thought it was a bad dynamic because this person only has written two poems that were social justice focused. And I was like, yeah, we do this all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and even if I'm like, I, in some ways I'm like, well, I'm nobody. So I shouldn't be the one teaching it, even though I could have, you know, easily. But I was like, you at least have this BET credit under your name that you can sit here and teach that class. You know, so I think there's a. I was like, they should be finding people like you to be on a panel to teach this class and do that. You know, so I think it's not a matter of like,
1: I appreciate
0: that. oh, but I was, I was speaking facts. I was like, I don't have that credit. I have other credits to my name. I don't have that one. You know, I don't have me standing on corners or in the middle of the street telling people what's what about poetry and saying Apple. No, I don't have that. You know.
1: That was luck in God. That's what that was.
0: It's also skill. It's also skill because that's what you got to
1: Appreciate it.
0: So I think like I think you have it there. And I think people are noticing you or seeing you because you would have never gotten those chances, right? But I do acknowledge that like you're one of my favorites for a reason because you were up there. And so I think it, I think your I think your time is brewing. I, I think it's good to feel restless a little bit so that you don't stop. But mm. I think it's more about where you're getting connected and not the same hustle. Because some of our hustle stays keeps us in the basic place
1: in the same bubble. And that's yeah. and that's why I'm I'm looking at it, I'm assessing it. That's why I'm not doing as many shows. That's why I'm not like I'm chilling because it's like I I know all of y'all and it's like
0: it's getting to the next group of people.
1: Yeah. Like let's expand it. Let's expand the market a little bit. But
0: so yeah. I, I, I love
1: you. the community though. Don't get me wrong. Like I love everybody in and I made valuable connections and relationships with people. But it's just like I'm tired of performing with my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I wanna
0: well, I, I feel you. It's where it's also like where's the bank? Where's the where's the next credit?
1: I got a whole son. i
0: I feel you on that one yeah, too. Man,
1: like I, my time, that time is valuable. And my brother told me some real good advice. He was like, "Yo, you need to be looking at your time as money. Your time is valuable. So, like, yeah, you doing shows? Where you doing shows at? What you getting out of it? Like, what's the point? Because like you doing a show is gonna it's gonna say that you can't put your son to sleep, and you're gonna want to do that. And I was like, I, right. <laughs> and mind you, he's not even like that. Like, I'm, I'm typically the more mature out of us two and he's like 45 like you know what I'm saying like he
0: knows the value of that time of your kid I mean that's when I when I looked at my life I so I used to do theater and when I looked at like my like did I want children and I Mm -hmm. posed that question I used to look at the theater and see the kids who were sitting there sleeping while we were in rehearsal and while there's something great about kids being exposed to theater that young of an age it was also like these kids need to be in school. It's a Wednesday. Yeah. Like why are we why do you have that kid sleeping here when they gotta be in school tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if I can take my career somewhere, then I don't want it. I don't want kids. If I can't take my career somewhere, then let's have kids. <laughs> like I, it's one or the other. Like I was willing to make a sacrifice for one or the other. At this point, I'm not having kids. That's not why necessarily, but mm-hmm. I I saw then that I like I didn't I wanted to spend the time with my child and not bring them to all of those places. I wanted to be able to have the time with them. I was still exposed to the arts, but not
1: In that on way. a weeknight yeah. <laughs> while we're and at rehearsal
0: way. to get this I get done.
1: That. I get that.
0: So it's a, it's a weird, it is a weird balance, but I don't think it's a wrong answer. Everyone makes their choice. So can you share any fun facts about yourself so that we get to know you a little bit better?
1: Fun facts about me. I'm not too fun. Now let me stop. Um, fun I facts. don't believe that. Uh, I would say that my music library is very eclectic and I barely listen to rap even though I rap sometimes myself, but I barely listen to rap. Like if, if I'm listening to rap, it's like rappers that like most people don't know. Um, and not like what's on the radio. I, I don't think I've listened to the radio in years. Like I've never listened to a station unless like I'm just in a car with somebody and the radio's on and I'm like, "Yo, what's that song?" <laughs> um, typically, I learn what's popular from like open mic nights, <laughs> 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 playing things. I'm like, "Oh, hi, right, that's the new song, cool." Or from from the kids that I'm that I'm rocking with now. Like they put me onto like a lot of new music that I hate. So um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really listen. I listen to more like R and B, like new school R and B, like J. A. I. Cool, her, um, Scissor, um, mm-hmm. even Summer Walker. I fuck with that shit a lot. But that's my vibe. So like, I know I look like a hip hop head, but nah, like, I listen that's to that R and Yeah, that's
0: cool. I would not, I I don't know that I would have ever guessed what you listen to. But I definitely haven't listened to the radio since I stopped working in retail. See?
1: So, and that usually had to hear it because you was in retail because they playing the shopping music. Hey, <laughs> you know your money. Let's play, Let's play Rihanna Diamonds so you can still <laughs> know <your money. laughs>
0: At this point, I have no idea what's out there. I've been talking to people and they be like, "Yeah, that song." And I was like, mm, "I don't, I don't know. I don't fun know." Fun
1: fact, though. Here's another fun fact. I. I won't, I can't say that I've adjusted to post-pandemic. Mm. Like, I think I'm still in the pandemic in my mind. So, not even the scariness of, like, I'm going to catch COVID, but just, I was in the house for two years, showering every other day, wearing sweatpants, and not going outside. I'm not ready for outside life right now. Like, and I feel like there's a lot of people like that, but we just not talking about it. You I know did, what I'm saying?
0: Well, like, Here's the thing. Here's my feeling about the pandemic. One, this new, the whatever Omicron B two whatever is a thing. It's growing. It's still an issue. Two, besides, I mean, we just ha- we just lost the hip hop artist. I don't know him. The COVID, just, yeah, COVID, right? Play. Yeah. But I
1: just, uh.
0: but besides that, until I understand that it's going to be an endemic. But until we can say it is COVID season, like we can say it is flu season and it's colds and flu season. And so we can say it's cold, flu, and COVID season. We are still in a pandemic.
1: (laughs) pandemic. And 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 the thing that I, because we live in a capitalistic society, so it's business as usual. You got to make the money, but what that does to our society, as far as the people in it and the people that have to operate in it in order to survive, is letting them know that like your safety and your health doesn't matter. And that alone causes stresses and PTSD. And it's like, I feel it, the people I work with feel it, our kids feel it, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's, I think that's been my number one biggest struggle, just Mm -hmm. adjusting to having to normalize this space that we're in right now, Mm because it's not normal. And like, I'm just not, I don't know when I'm gonna be ready. I'm just not ready.
0: You done said a whole sermon, and I'm—I mean, I'm with you. I just feel like, man, I could spend an hour on this topic alone. <laughs> like, I'm with you. I—I I think I think no one is okay. I think everyone. I—I'm tell. I keep saying everybody needs therapy or some version of
1: Word.
0: something that's going to get them okay because we still don't know how it's showing up for us. We're, we're, this is we've never dealt with it this is everyone has had a traumatic experience like everyone it is so bad that remember there was the guy who was the hermit who came out of his hiding place went and got a covid shot and went back in like that's not a that's not a fib right like there's a guy who knew heard about it came out of his hiding place like and this is like in europe or somewhere wherever got his shot and went back into his hiding place because he didn't want to get covid so like that tells you that the whole world is experiencing some version of this traumatic experience and we all pretend like we good nah we all crazy uh-huh. and we not... don't know how it's showing up
1: exactly exactly and it's showing up and the the, the fucked up part about it is can i curse i'm sorry but I was fine. Did, I, I already <laughs> did. Um, I'll try to limit it. But like the messed up part about it <laughs> is that they, they look at it as, as like a physical health problem, right? But like in reality, it's a mental health problem because like we're all dealing with it mentally. And they're telling us it should be okay. Like you're okay now. And it's like, nah, we just spent two years in the house. We're not right. Like, I, the, the life that we had before that was totally different than the life that we had during the that body. time and that. So it's the like... bodies
0: we have are different. So mm-hmm. then we have to deal with, like, I can't do the things anymore. And that's still a psychological issue is different. You know, like, all of that. Our
1: relationships are different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I haven't seen some people in two years. And, When's the last like, time I saw you? <laughs> the minute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, I don't even know how to socialize. The same way, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because it's like, everyone is totally different from March of 20, what was that, 2020? (laughs) 2020, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's different, like, it's different. All of my relationships have taken a strain because of COVID and I I, I see it.
0: it's, It's fascinating, but it's like, so it's also interesting because for me, my relationships are better, but it's better because I have a lot of people around me but I've been able to figure out who I need to tap into in a certain way. So okay. some of my friendships have actually tightened up because now it's like, oh, when I'm going insane, this, this is, is my circle. Gotcha. This is my squad. Like, this is the people who get my mental health. Like, this is this is that people where I may not have been able to see that before, but yeah. it's still yeah. like, but we all going crazy together, so we can't all take care of each other. very, very it's, it's
1: a lot, it's a lot. I'm but I'm good. God bless me. I can't, I can't complain. I'm just stating the facts. <laughs> I feel like, you,
0: I feel, I feel you, I feel you. So now that we've talked about COVID being frustrating a little bit or the pandemic being frustrating, what is something that, you know, whether it's something that's perceived about your community or something that is internal within your community, but something that frustrates you in regards to black fathers, whether it's like something that people put on it and your community with, or something that you just see within the net community yourself.
1: A number of things, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the first one that triggers me is, is I used to get this a lot, Um, when my son was first born and you know, like during when he was first born, we kind of took, me and my partner took um, like, we kind of alternated our like not work time. So she was off with him and I was at work and then I took my leave after that. So I spent a lot of time with him, just me and him while she was at work. We would go outside and things like that. And the shock in people's faces for me with this newborn baby, um, who's my son. And and they would tell me things like, oh, you're such a good father. Why, because I'm with my son? Like, that is that all you have to do to be a good father? Like, that's crazy. Or, you know, I don't see a lot of men with their kids, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, where are you looking at? Because all of the men that I know in my circle are with their kids. And if they're not, they would want to be because of other situations or whatever the case may be. So like, just that stigma alone, um, because it's perpetuated through media and all of these things. And I've experienced absentee fatherhood. Like I, I, my father was in my life until I was about 15 and then he wasn't. But there was things that came into play that probably was out of his control. Like as a grown ass man now, I can see that. But like during that time as a child with angst, <laughs> I didn't understand it. Um, but yeah, like that that in itself just rubs me the wrong way because it's like I know a lot of men who would love to be in their child's lives, and I know a lot of men who do everything possible to be that. um so yeah, i don't I don't like that. I think also another thing is i don't I don't think people talk a lot about how that stigma affects your relationships mm. or just the rep that fathers get, especially black fathers. I feel like black fathers, when it comes down to it, you you our system and our society, unless you're married, um, they kind of let you know you're at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the decision-making you can make when it comes to who has the power um, in making decisions for that child. Because if unless you're married, then you really have no say so unless you have a partner that's cooperating with you um, mm. because the mothers have the power legally mothers have the power societal wise um so even if you're trying to do the right thing or do what you feel is best, when it comes down to it, you're a second child care right like you're mm. you're not you didn't birth this child so this child is yours but it's not yours mm. um, and I think that's a problem that you know I don't think our society is looking to solve because it's like they make a lot of money with it being like that um, I think that's saddening to know that but you know what I mean like especially when you love your child and you may be, and I'm, I'm not talking for myself, I'm just talking about situations that I've seen, but like mm-hmm. you may be going through things with your partner and then the child is in the middle of it. And then you have to live with the reality of, yo, I have to appease all of these situations because at the end of the day, I don't have any say-so in any, any of this. Um, that's a little sad, especially when you're someone who, is trying your damnest to like be there and be there, not just, not just as a, as a body, but just like be there emotionally, be there physically, be there mentally, be there spiritually, be there, be there, like, you know what I'm saying? Financially, whatever. Um, And the fact that our system is set up so that fathers get the shit into the stick, unless you're married right, is is a, a little crazy.
0: You know, I gotta say, thank you for sharing that. I, um, so when I wrote my book, Black Man, Black Woman, Black Child, I knew it was skewing not in favor of Black men, just because of my experience. Um, and I didn't want that to happen necessarily. And so I put an ask out on Facebook when I was nearing the end black men what do you want said on your behalf and a friend of mine essentially said what you just said in your second point and I purposefully wrote a poem to sort of skew it back that way based upon what he has said um because it's that. not a huh
1: I said I appreciate that because that's important Especially yeah like I, black woman like
0: it, that's it wasn't even a perspective that I thought about and then, I mean like my experience is just like, I had issues with my father, like half my book, if you really read it my way, it's like daddy troubles, you know, (laughs) or then bad partners. So I knew it was skewing and I didn't want it to. And there's other things that were fine. But like, also my half brother is, um has had a lot of issues with the law. So there's poems about that in there, because that's again, the people in my life, but I didn't want that to be the only narrative out there, especially Mm -hmm. when I have like, my cousin's a federal judge. Like I have a lot of good men in my family too. Yeah. So I definitely did not want to skew too wrong in the wrong direction. And so I was really appreciative that he spoke up and said that. And it definitely helped me, like, okay, cool. And I think I probably pulled out a poem or two that was maybe pushing it in the wrong direction too. I tried to, I tried to be balanced. Because it balanced.
1: Yeah. yeah. It wasn't
0: necessarily my experience, but I'm I'm grateful for your um for your in-depth answer to that, because that is not something we really think about that often. Um, So I I thank you for that. I do have a question based upon your first half of your answer. And if it's too personal, you're welcome to just say (laughs) Nanya. But do you think having your son has um, helped change your perspective on your father or your relationship with your father? Cause you just sort of opened that door a little oh, bit. No, no, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, <laughs> interested. So, my son was born July of 2020. My father died June of 2020. So, um, before my father died, I was grappling, um, naming my son Hatchus, because I'm, I'm named after my father. Um, so, like, I had to bury this man. I had to go to North Carolina. The rest, I had to speak at his funeral because I'm the only orator (laughs) of the family of the family who I don't know like that because like that's his side of the family. And then the way my father was set up, he uh, after after the situation with my mother, my mother passed when I was 15. So after she passed, he moved on, did his name, moved to Florida with his next partner, had a real strange relationship. The whole time, um I have three siblings on his side. Who I maybe told to three times before that funeral. Mom. Yeah, right. So it's like I didn't know nobody there, but they knew of me and they knew my story and they knew all of that because he would tell them what I was doing. They knew I was a poet. They knew all of that. Um, so when I went down there with them, with just them, we drove down there, just them. I'm in the I'm in the car with them, learning new things about my siblings who I don't even know like that. Um, and then I was I was tasked to speak at his funeral. And now um, they all had a closer, well, not they all. Two of them had a closer relationship with my father than I could ever have. Um, And that's because he didn't feel like he needed to do anything for them. They were all adults during the process. They're all older than me. So they had a more of a friendship than I I could have possibly had with my father. So they basically stated like, this is what he would have wanted. And me, I was still resentful at that time. I'm still like, yo, I don't have anything good to say about this man. Like, why do y'all want me to speak for him? And I mustered up the courage to say something positive. Um, and after seeing his casket go down, I just felt like a, a weight was lifted off of me. I felt like I could name my son Hatchers now. Like, the Hatchers that I know is not here anymore. And I'm modeling who Hatchers should be. But, mm-hmm. Or who I would want him to take pride in. And that's my job for the rest of my life, to do that. And yeah, my father didn't do that. He's not here no more. So I can't fault him for that. I can't blame him for that. Um, so just seeing my son, and then the crazy thing about it is my son is spitting image of my father. When he was young. Genetics is crazy. So <laughs> I'm forced to attack that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm forced mm-hmm. to see that. I'm forced to even the way like his, even his, just certain things about him. It's like, I see my father, it's like, yo, I can't escape it. So this is what it is, right? Like, so it's like one of them results where you're like, okay, this is, I wouldn't have liked it to happen like this, but this is probably how it had to happen so that I can embrace my son in a way and also give that love to my father that I never got to give because it's like, I could never show him that love. Mm. But I have someone who looks just like him looking to me to love him. Mm -hmm. And it's my duty and obligation and responsibility. And I can't skip out on that, regardless if if someone else chose to skip out on that for me. So, yeah, it made me, it made, that, that experience humanized my father in my eyes. And he wasn't the devil anymore. Like, he was a man who made poor decisions. And he still wanted to be happy. And I can't blame him for wanting to be happy regardless of how that affected me, like that's on my end. Like that's that's two different stories, right? Like at the end of the day, my story is my story and it's real and it's relevant and it holds true to me. But at the end of the day, that man just wanted to be happy. And I pray to God that he was happy when he passed. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it, that's all I could ask for. So like, yeah, it gave me some, it gave me some resolve.
0: You know, as I get to this point, I'm sort of like in that same place, right? Like, and, and you know, I think in the end, and hopefully the next hatchet will figure it out later as well. That our parents are just people doing people. the best they can, too, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Like, they just, they just <laughs> a bunch of kids that ended up doing adult stuff and trying to figure out how to survive. And if we look at them that way.
1: Jesus people. And I, that's the only way I could process it. And also knowing the things that I know now. As an adult, having gone through relationships with women, having experienced certain things, like to keep it 100, like there's, there's been times when Lil Hat was here, and I, I have thoughts in my mind like, yo, I'm gonna just skate because this shit is a lot, right? Like, I'm a better man in that, of course, but at the same time, that don't mean those thoughts wasn't real. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that, like, I, I didn't feel like that. So I can, I can. I can't identify, but I can understand, like someone choosing to not be in that situation if it's not bringing them happiness. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to fix the situation so that they could be happy, in you know what I'm saying? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I can see it, and I, and I also, I'm talking about he's not he's, he wasn't a good father. I probably wasn't the best son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a, yeah. I probably didn't make it easy to be a good father to me. And I know I know who I am and I know how I gave it up back then before, before my mother passed. And I know I was, I was, I'm my mother's son. Same sign, everything, talk back, crazy mouth, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I know I didn't make him feel like he was loved. And there's sometimes when my son comes in and he don't want to give me a hug, I'm devastated. I'm like, wait. I'm your father, stop playing with me. But at the same time, it's like, he got feelings too. He going through what he going through. Like he's a grown ass kid, right? (laughs) Like he got opinions, he got (laughs) got choices he needs to make. Like he got autonomy and I'm learning to respect that. I'm learning to hold space for that and just be there for him and whatever he decides to do.
0: Man so um we're getting closer to the end um already yeah I mean I only got like three more questions for you Uh, um but one of the questions
1: because I ain't trying to hold you up Uh, (laughs) I was enjoying this conversation
0: though nah nah I'm enjoying this too um I mean the questions like the questions are simple and we've asked some other ones um I'm enjoying this I'm I'm super appreciative I'm not ending this conversation just yet I'm just letting you know that like we're heading towards the end um so I do have a different question for you what advice do you have for new fathers new black fathers out there
1: so everybody's situation is different right um so I'm gonna focus this more so on the fatherhood aspect and not all of the things that come with fatherhood because like Truthfully, it don't be the fatherhood shit that fucks people up. It'd be the relationships that you have to manage while having a job. That's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the fatherhood stuff is concerned, there's no right answer. There's no template. There's no, like, do what works for you and do the best that you can. And don't feel bad if you fuck up. There's no right answer to fatherhood. There's no right answer to being a parent. You're going to make mistakes. Don't guilt yourself about it. Don't fault yourself for it. Um, just be the best you that you could possibly be. And sometimes you're not. And that's okay, too. Um, I feel like a lot, of, a lot of people harp on, am I doing a good job? And it's like, the fact that you're even questioning that means that you're doing a good job. Because if you wasn't questioning that, you you are probably not doing a good job because like there's no right answer to this. Um, so just give yourself grace, the hold space for yourself and, and just make sure that you're giving your child love in all facets of what it looks like. And you know what I mean? And it gets, I'm not gonna say it gets easier because like they start growing and then they get a little bit more difficult. So yeah, it doesn't get easier, but you get stronger. <laughs> you get more well versed with the ter- with the terrain like you know how to handle certain things. Um so yeah, I would say that.
0: So for those of us not part of this community, those of us who are not black fathers, how do we support y'all? In addition to not saying, "Oh, you're such a good father."
1: <laughs> I'm not saying don't say it. I'm just saying say it when it's necessary when it's due don't say it just because you see me with my son that's that's a little weird like because <laughs> you know I mean? like, like when you see mothers with their kids they're not saying oh my god you're such a good mother no it's an expectation
0: so me saying you're a good father not when i see you with your son but because you just say you give him autonomy which a lot of parents do not do
1: that's yeah that's a different compliment that's like, legit I praise or okay. just seeing the joy that he has when he's with me. Like, okay, yeah, I can respect that. But not just cause you see him with me. <laughs> I will
0: I will say that's actually me giving you a real compliment because I do, you said something a while ago about that, about them being, I love, I have a lot of, I, I'm very proud of a lot of my friends who are parents um, from different groups. Cause I, I chose, my thing was like, I went zero or three. And so here I am at zero. That was like, I want three kids or none. And so that was my path. And I am very proud of the people who I have friends, who I have as friends, who are having kids, who I see doing great things. And especially in this time period where, you know, there's so many different paradigms existing around parenting and the right way. I really appreciate something you said, like it's probably like a year ago. But you were saying about raising little hatchest, but it was about giving him that autonomy and letting him sort of de- decide. It was, I think, it was even about like religion. You were talking about it,
1: yeah. I, and I was, just was like, that, that's that's
0: that's like that's that's like you're letting him just like you're gonna show him stuff, but let him decide, and he's gonna live his own life. And I think that's so many people want to control those things about their children, and you're just like, well, he'll figure it out. So I think I, I give I you props just, for that.
1: I just know who how how I was. Like you can't just tell me to do something. He's just like that too. Like it has to make sense for him. It has to be appealing for him. And if it's not, he's not jagging it. And I respect that. I'm like, all right, cool. There are certain things where I'm like, nah. Yeah,
0: of course. <laughs> you can't I mean, stand up
1: don't. on the table. And, <laughs> <laughs> and wow, No, you can't do that. But if you want to pick these sneakers instead of these sneakers, yeah, all right, cool, whatever. Do your thing. But Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. But as far as like support, like how, that's a a hard question for me because then it's like, it's almost, it feels like I, it feels like we're requesting assistance for something that we're supposed to be doing.
0: But how do we just like acknowledge that y'all are doing, how do we make space for y'all to do what y'all need to do? So like, I know, cause you know, the thing is we, 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 I don't necessarily, but especially within the black community, you get a lot of women who will downplay black men and not acknowledge, we like, a lot of us will sit there and destroy Father's Day because we had bad fathers, you know, a lot of us will take a lot of our past hurt and put that on other men. So is there like, is there anything that you... That would help us to realize to unprogram ourselves, so that we make sure that we are amplifying the correct narrative around you guys.
1: So that's the thing. I feel like I think the issue is that that limited thinking creates a monolith, right? Mm-hmm. Of of black fathers ain't shit because I have I have a black father. Maybe getting rid of that thinking mm-hmm. that because you can hold your experience to be true, right? Just like I didn't have a good father in my life and that's very true to me. Um, But I know that that's not what I'm going to do with my son. And I know a whole bunch of men who's not doing that with their son. And that's very true, right? So like it's it's more of the in conversation and not the but conversation. Mm -hmm. So like understanding that, hey, this could have been my experience and a lot of, black women's experience but when i see him or when i see them when i see that man right there that's a good man and i don't feel like that happens a lot. i feel like it's like a cognitive dissonance because it's like you can't be that good of a man because my father wasn't and it's like nah like i'm busting my ass i'm trying as hard as i can for my son and for my family because like i said the toughest part is not raising your child, it's the relationship issues that come when you have a child. (laughs) Like that's why most men opt out because it's like, that's a whole new layer to it that like you wasn't prepared for. And is it right? No. Do I understand it? Yeah. Because it's like, I've never been in that situation until I was put in that situation. And it's like, oh shit, this having a child wasn't just like a financial stressor, it was a relationship stressor. Mm. And so now we have to navigate these spaces and I have to be very in tune with what, not only what what I want and what's best for the baby, but what you want, what you're going through and the trauma that you have. And and so now I gotta be therapist for me, for you, for him. I gotta, like, it's just like, it's a lot. So. I'm I'm not saying that women don't go through that either, right? Like, I'm sure. I'm just speaking for the community that I'm speaking for. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and and that's what, the the best thing I feel like would be, like, don't create a monolith. Don't -hmm. create a negative monolith where you're assigning your own personal experiences to every Black father that you encounter, because it's not right, and and it's not fair, Mm -hmm. truthfully.
0: So before I ask the last question, you're a poet.
1: I am, sometimes.
0: Sometimes. I haven't been
1: feeling like one, but I guess I am.
0: Don't don't even do that. Me not even going to let that conversation pretend to happen. You are a poet. You are one of the dopest poets out there. You are one of my favorites. Like, y'all don't understand. If you're listening, if you're watching, I always say my favorite poets. And I have this like crazy list. Don't ever ask me to actually list them, because the list goes I, between. I, I like... don't want to know,
1: low key, like.
0: But my list is like kind of crazy because then it becomes categories, right? Am so, I like, in good
1: I... company? That's all I want.
0: You are in good company. You're <laughs> right. of course in good company, but like my list can be like I have like a top five, a top ten, and it probably gets to like a top twenty. But like uh, the twenty,
1: a lot of poets.
0: The twenty starts including the difference between like spoken word versus literate, literary. literary.
1: Written page, okay, got you, got you. Got so got you,
0: like the you. the list starts expanding more when I start going larger because then like then there's this different things happening and like I'm never including like the 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 I'm, that sounds terrible. So let's say the real poets and that's not what I mean by that. But like we're not talking about like the OG poets out there. Mm-hmm. We're talking about our network of poets or our our time poets that are doing a thing sort of now. So cuz otherwise then you got then you get like the Sonia Sanchez's and the Stacey and Chins and that's the whole that, that, that this is the moment ever end, You know like you can't you can't be doing all of that work. But when I say my favorite poets I'm usually talking about two people. And like when I say the statement there's two names that are always I can't even tell you one or the other which one is my favorite. Because I, they're just like they're the two of them, just two of them. So I'm always talking about Hattress. and I'm talking about Leah V. Those are always the two people that I'm Ooh, always like, I'm in great, company. <laughs> great company. I'm always like Ooh. those the two of them right there. Like I'm She's always like problem. Hattress She's and Leah V. Like that's who I'm always talking about when I say that statement. And then there's some other people like right behind y'all because then you get Anubis and you get you get like these She's other people who are like
1: right,
0: right there. So. Like the list is like,
1: and it's crazy. The people that you're naming are very, very good on paper too, not just performing. Like, are very good. On, I'm not t- excluding myself. Like, I'm decent. I'm talking <laughs> <laughs> the other two that you said, like very good written artists. Like, I that's that's I love that.
0: I mean, at this point, Hatchers. I'm just saying Hatchers. Now I'm blending names in my head. Anubis is like so unofficially. I guess it's gonna be official. So I'm saying it on my podcast. I am, I'm actually saying a poet. And so, so stop that, stop that. So said poet and Anubis both, um, bo- stop looking at me like that, stop that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, if people, are like, if people are watching this on YouTube, what you can do, you see me blushing and Hatch is staring at me like crazy. If you don't see that, then you like whatever. So anyway, The two of them like sit there, huh?
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. So the two of them sit there and like Anubis and this other poet sit there and like refine my work. (laughs) Like the two of them, like one will co-sign, the other one's like, nah, nah, we gotta fix a little more. And like the two of them are like doing this whittling down of my work, but also I'm refining their work. So the three of us are like. Not together, but like fixing each yeah, other's yeah, work. That's, you, like, that's what you do in your writing community. You get the people who you trust to edit your work. You don't let everyone do it. Yeah. You know the people who are like, and I know as much as Anubis will get me to say I hate him all the time, because I hate him every time he wants to mess up my poems, but I'm also like, oh, you hate my poem and I hate you for it. And then I'm like, okay, so the poem's better now. Here you go. You
1: no, know? nah, I get it. <laughs> So yeah. we're
0: always over fine like this is what we do. we in community we're working each other out and making it better together. but like when I hear Leah, I've never smoked anything in my life. She has that one poem about smoking a blunt, and I'm always like, yeah, I remember that time <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's a very sexual poem too though, on no, the low it's it's very seductive
0: like every time she every time she performs, I'm in a different space, like I just yeah. she see she poems she poets, and I'm like. Whatever her poems an, are, like my brain the, she's goes She's a away. word
1: magician. She's definitely a word magician. Like she does like gymnastics with words sometimes, and it's like it's 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 dope that it's cool, like not cool, but like it's dope, like written. But then it's even crazier the way that she performs and recites it. I'm just like, wow, that's some art. That like, she, I don't she's have. she's
0: like a siren. She takes you somewhere else whenever she's doing that. And then I, I haven't just figured, anger. huh?
1: he's going to anger with me if I get on to anger
0: but 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 Urgh. like but skillful anger right it's not like you're just angry
1: <laughs> it's not like you're just
0: like angry I'm gonna just curse you out and be done right like you're not just yelling at people you're <laughs> you are still doing this like I can't even explain what you do if you're a craft but you 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 build this like space in this writing that we're we're riding this thing with we're riding this wave with you through the whole poem, and we're with you with every word that you're giving us, and we're we're we are convinced to be part of whatever you are saying. We are on board with you, and we're like, what do you want us to do next? And so <laughs> I'm with you whenever you're reading, whenever you're performing. I'm just like, I want to like learn the hatcher's secret. I'm gonna have to study you more.
1: Um, I got to put, put more action steps in my poems. That's what I- all. <laughs> action stuff what's the next step right. i that's mean
0: true. i quote i talk about you a lot more than you think i do just so you know but i'm always talking about i i tell people like i'm always like if you say something bad about hatches i'm gonna have to fight you <laughs> you're like one of those
1: i'm surprised you're not fighting every day because
0: uh <laughs> i mean they smart enough not to say something to me oh, that's, uh... that's fine that's fine i i i'm very loyal and i'm a leo so my claws do come out and I'm ready Shout
1: by- out to the Leo. Shout out to <laughs> Leo. My favorite aunt is Leo. And she really? liked that too. That's the only, that's the only aunt that I had that pushes me to write. Like she literally will corner me, like, yo, when your book coming up, what you writing? And it's like, wow, all right, cool. I gotta do this.
0: Well, if you need help with the next one, I'm here. So just keep that, keep I got the mind.
1: manuscript pulled up right now. I'm about to read you a poem off of it. No Like,
0: okay. So so give us that poem. I'm gonna switch so that it's only you that we're looking at and then
1: I'm not me. And then you have the whole. Thank you. So this poem is gonna be, I'm still editing it. This poem is gonna be in my next book. It's called Where There's Smoke. Um, The running metaphor is my father was an avid smoker, weed and cigarettes, Um, but it's all about my relationship with him and how that affected my relationships moving forward. Um, and if you know, smoke is a byproduct of trauma. Um, to burn something is the most traumatic experience. It, it goes through, to burn anything, it goes through a, a, a transformation almost. Um, and I think that's what I want this book to entail, a transformation. So this poem itself is like the centerpiece of the poem. I put it deep, deep in the depths of the book. (laughs) So it's not like at the front, it's not at the back. And it's called Smoke Everywhere. I watch as you tumble down the vine of perfection, drunk under the spell of moonshine, mouth full of sorries to a woman we both know very differently. I wonder what she would think of this moment. Smoke coming from the exhaust, from your lit sig to match the joint you soaked into your eyes before our little bonding experiment. You reach over my lap into the glove blocks of the only thing you can call yours. Pull out some papers, a lighter, and a pouch that reeks of indecency. If there's ever a time to witness the death of a parent and continue the conversation with them later, it must arrive right at the point you ask, you smoke? And I lie and say no, in hopes to keep you as my father in my head for as long as I can. You say that you love my mother, in between mournful silence and a sizzle of white paper, while I stare out the passenger seat window, <coughs> holding my mother's tongue with your lips, warming my void with my mother's heart, and showing you your own indifference, wishing to evaporate into the seats At least then I could be something that you care for. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, it's I'm taking it there. <laughs> taking it there.
0: But you know what's crazy about that is that, you know, my father was an avid smoker too. And he only now just stopped smoking cigars. Um, I think <laughs> I'm not even completely sure I'm that he really stopped. Sure. But Oh, the imagery in that, man. So when is this book gonna be ready?
1: Man, so I'm about 70 pages in right now. Okay. And it's a book of short stories and poems. So it's not just like poems. I am working with a formatter and book cover illustrator right now um, when he hits me back <clears throat> with something that I think is is good. I'm looking at the end of May, truthfully. That soon, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm putting my, I put myself on the timeline. It's like, yo, you okay. gotta get it done by then. And if it if it's not done by then, then it's not done by then. But I'm looking at the end of May.
0: All right, now I'm I'm gonna need to pre-order it and get it signed and all that stuff. That's all I'm gonna say. Send
1: you a copy? Don't worry about that.
0: Okay, just you know? just making sure, making sure you know. I better have my copy.
1: I'm Trying to get so. the business right. So I'm I'm, I'm purchasing the ISBNs. So um you know what I mean? Like I, I did it, I did it wrong the first time. So I'm doing it right this time. You know I'm saying?
0: I feel you, I feel yeah. you. Um, so hatches, this conversation has been so so amazing. I've learned a lot. I have Loved on this conversation. I I I love you, but you know that I've been you, I love you too. a fan, and I told you, don't nobody. I feel like it's like an episode of like In Living Color when she always talks about don't nobody talk about Miss Jenkins. You know? <laughs> like, can nobody talk about hatches to me?
1: Yeah, we, we 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 was on stages together. <laughs> you know, we was on stages together pre-pandemic. We was oh. outside. Late nights in Queens, downtown. Yes. You feel I me? Mean? He's outside.
0: Yes, way back in the day, in the before times,
1: before <laughs> pre-pandemic. Um, i kids, kids won't even remember what that's like. Like you don't even know. They what won't it. even
0: know what that was. Like your kid wasn't around for pre-pandemic. How about he, that?
1: He's a COVID baby, and that's why he's so different. Different. <laughs> he, he will only different.
0: never ever know since never before sure. but this has been an amazing conversation this has been a gift i think to me personally but to everyone who will be listening to this um how do people find you support you follow you where do they how do they get in touch with you
1: um i, I won't say i'm outside because i'm not but you can find me on instagram i, I am underscore hattress that's hattress like mattress with an h but please don't sleep on me um you could also check out my website imhattress.com. um i have books and merch up there um the next book is coming out shortly so oh also i'm gonna be on apollo in june uh so if you want to support your boy buy a ticket for june 8th at the apollo what
0: are you talking about like he don't what talking about he's not in the right spaces and he's you know i'm not even talking to you no more Hatris. you just you just I'm going to need you to get over this imposter syndrome. Because
1: that's, that's what it sounds like.
0: That's, that's what, what it sounds like a little bit.
1: It could be that. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to explore my blessings and bless other people. That's it. And sounds like a great just, way to be.
0: But awesome. you are, you are amazing. You are so amazing. I Thank you. So for those people who didn't know, before the, the On Behalf came to you because I started a public access show. Or I got certified to do a public action show back in twenty nineteen and that I didn't remember go- that. <laughs> exactly I remember that that didn't exactly go how it was planned, but Hatches was kind enough to help me shoot my pre pilot episode, and then I with the promise of when I finally did the show that I would make sure I brought him back. My pilot never got- recorded correctly the night, then then twenty twenty happened and when I came up with the idea finally to start this podcast I changed the name from what it originally was for the show um for the for the public access show and on behalf of seemed right um and there was no one that I wanted to do the first episode with other than you Patrice so this is
1: the first episode
0: is the first episode
1: oh my god oh I'm honored I'm honored I'm honored honored. (laughs) So, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Hatches, for being the first person to be on the show.
1: No, but Pete Finch, though, remember when when we did the pilot, it was more so just like general conversations and just doing the poetry. This is a real ass conversation. (laughs) This was real. (laughs) So, shout out to you. Shout out (laughs) to you for the growth.
0: (laughs) This is is real. This is real. Um, And yeah, because, like, you know, the thing is, is, as the community poet, it's not just about me representing my community, but it's also learning about other people's communities. So as the show continues to grow, there'll be a whole bunch of different people representing a whole bunch of different types of communities. And I we're just gonna get to grow in. and know more about them. So can't thank for you for in. representing this one. Cause this I think is the right one to be the first one. Um, and it was important to have this conversation. So I appreciate you Hattress.
1: Of course, I appreciate you too, Dara. On behalf of podcast, with the community poet, I am signing out. I
0: love <laughs>